just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Mephibosheth! Mephibosheth! Come here! Quickly! Obey me! Come here at once! What do you want, nurse? There's been a war, a terrible war with the Philistines, and your grandfather, the king, was killed. Grandpa Saul killed? Not only that, but your your father, too. Father? Yes. Will I ever see him again? Never again, not in this world. That's why you and I have got to flee. Run away where we're safe. Run away? Why aren't we safe here at the palace? Because now that King Saul and Prince Jonathan have been killed, that man David will come here and take revenge on all the family. That includes you. So we must run away somewhere. I like David. He plays with me, and he loves my father. Yes, I know David and Jonathan were good friends. But he and your grandfather, King Saul, were enemies. And now that the king is dead, David will come here and be king. And kill you, so you can't be king. We haven't a moment to lose. Here, I'll carry you, and we'll run as fast as we can. I don't want to run away. But we have to, for our lives. Where? I know a man in Lodibar. He hates David. We'll go there. But we'll have to hurry. Here, let me carry you. Where does it hurt? Here? Oh, 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 you may have sprained your feet or even broken them. I'd better hurry and get you to Ladibar. Oh, he's, he's badly hurt. I'm afraid he'll be crippled for the rest of his life. It's all my fault. I should have been more careful. Well, what's done is done. Anyway, you're lucky, both of you, to get away before David got there. He would have had no mercy. He's a demon. Oh, woe unto Israel if he gets hold of the throne. We'll all be slaves to his every whim. to Israel this day. Today, David was crowned king of all Israel. Well, perhaps David won't make such a bad king after all. Ever since I was a child, you've been telling me that David was a demon and that he'll take revenge upon me if he discovers I'm a descendant of Saul. I hate him. I despise him. Perhaps I've been wrong. For six years, he's been king of Judah and a good king, too. He's done nothing that would indicate he has malice or revenge in his heart for any descendant of your grandfather, Saul. I hate him and I always will. <laughs> Why don't you cheer up? Snap out of it. Things are never as bad as they seem. I'm a cripple. Always will be. Why? Because of David. I hate him. He's a cruel, wicked man. But David and your father, Jonathan, were close friends. They loved each other. If you're trying to get me to change my mind about David, you're wasting your time. 
I can scarcely move. I'm doomed to a life of uselessness and pain. No, no, a thousand times no, I hate David! Yes, sir? Are you Zeba? I am. The king summons you to court at once. Yes, sir. Good day to you, sir. Oh, what can King David want of me? He's found out about me, that's what. And he wants you to take me to court so he can taunt and torture me. I told you he was evil, wicked, resentful. Well, perhaps it would be best if you went somewhere else, hid from the king. No. I fled from him once and became a cripple for life. I'm not going to flee again. Then I won't go to Jerusalem to see the king. You've got to. The king commands and everyone obeys, including you. You're back, I see. Has King David relented enough to let me live an hour or two more? Or must I die at sunup? His majesty was very kind, and he spoke... Kind? Yes. Two-faced kindness. The king was very concerned about you and your health. I think he's going to do something for you. Yes. Give me back a good leg. You've got to go see the king. It is his request. I have no choice. Anyway, it's going to be interesting to see how he receives me and what he's going to do with me. I'll be there. So you are Jonathan's son. Welcome to court. I'm so glad to meet you. No doubt, your majesty. I can understand your bitterness, but I shall do all in my power to make it up to you. Your grandfather, Saul, was a wealthy man. All his private possessions are being restored to you as his heir to support your family. In honor of my friendship for your father, Jonathan, you will be a constant guest here at the royal palace, sitting daily at the royal table. You... you're serious? <laughs> of course. Forgive me, your majesty, but I have been led to believe that you are a selfish and evil man, an usurper of the crown. But they were wrong. I was wrong. No wonder my father loved you. Already I feel a strong liking for you, and I... I am sure God chose well when he chose you as king of Israel. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at one 800 634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. The
Sam, look out your window. What do you see? Well, I see trees, grass, cars, buildings, and some kind of bird. Do you know that there are things out there that are so small that you can only see them with a microscope, and they can kill you? Are you trying to cheer me up? They're called germs, and there are a hundred million of them right out there just waiting to make you sick. I'm already sick. That's why you came to visit me. I was reading in a book that there is something we can do to fight those germs. And I'm not talking about medicine or getting a shot. Do you know what that is? Close the window? We can be happy. Happy? You mean as in ha-ha happy? That's right. When we have a positive attitude and we aren't grouchy or angry all the time, we help our bodies fight germs because our immune system is working harder than when we're sad or depressed. So are you happy, Sam? I was until you started talking about germs. King Solomon said that happiness can fight disease. Solomon? The Bible guy? Yes. I learned a Bible verse last year that says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. That's Proverbs 17.22. What do you think about that? I think I need to lie down again. I feel my bones drying up. Well, you just go to sleep and I'll come back and visit you later. Sam, I've got to make you happy so you can heal faster. You're a true friend, Rico. Like the Bible says, he who lets a sick friend sleep makes his bones better. Where's that found? Sam 5, 2. I thought so. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. The earth was empty. Darkness covered everything. But God was there, and He had a plan. Let there be light, He said. And suddenly, golden light shone all around. God called it day. He called the darkness night.
and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is Chapter 8, Finding the Sombrero. I can't back out now, Chris thought as he reached over and took the rope from Willie. He tossed a loop of rope as high as he could, hoping to lasso the top of the rock. Got it, he said after the third try. Ryan and Sammy cupped their hands together and helped Chris get started up the side of the rock. The solid stone felt warm against the soles of his sneakers as he started up. Hey, you kids, get off of that! A big, scary-looking construction worker was headed their direction. Chris hung there as the other shoebox kids scattered. Are you trying to get hurt? The big man yelled at Chris. Stay off those boulders. I'd hate to have to call an ambulance. With the man glaring at him, Chris suddenly felt as small as a bug. He dropped back down to the ground. What were you trying to do up there? The man asked, his voice kinder now. Chris didn't know what to tell him except the truth. A sombrero, Chris said quietly. I was looking for a sombrero. A what? Hey, Jake, another man yelled from a truck nearby. Sombrero, you know, like those Mexican hats. Da-da, 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 da-da. The man jumped down from the truck. He pointed his finger at the top of his head and spun around as if dancing. Smooth, Smitty, Jake said. You're a regular Fred Astaire. I know what a sombrero is. He turned and looked back at Chris and then at Maria, who had come back to the two crows. What I don't know is why you kids are looking for a sombrero up there. It's part of our treasure hunt, Maria added. Oh, a treasure hunt, is it? Jake said. Well, that's different. Yeah, the sombrero isn't on top of the rocks, Chris explained. It's a place, some sort of landmark that shows us where to go. Jake rubbed his scratchy chin. So you wanted to get up high enough so maybe you could see this sombrero? Chris and Maria nodded. Hmm, Jake said. Well, I can't let you climb on these rocks, but I can do something just as good. Come with me. Hey, Smitty, let the bucket down, Jake shouted to his fellow worker. Smitty pushed a lever forward in the truck cab. A long arm attached to the back of the truck lowered a platform with sides to the street. This is called a cherry picker. We use it when we have to work up high, he explained. Come on, Jake gestured for Chris to join him in the bucket. Chris stepped in with Jake, who showed him the controls. Pull this lever back to go up. Jake said. Chris pulled on it, and the bucket climbed slowly in the air. Chris watched as the houses around him lowered out of sight, and he could see far beyond them. As Maria watched Chris and Jake rise into the sky, the other shoebox kids reappeared. A few minutes later, Chris and Jake returned to Earth, laughing and joking. Excuse me, sir, Maria asked. Can you tell me if these boulders were moved in here? Do you have equipment big enough to move rocks this size? Jake looked at her, amused. Those... Oh, sure, we have cranes that can lift rocks three times that size. But those particular boulders, no, they've been there as long as I can remember. 
and that's at least 40 years. The man suddenly grew serious. Now, stay off those rocks. Well, what did you see? Sammy asked as the kids came back together. Chris wrestled with the rope, trying to get it to release itself from the top of the rock. It did, and he turned back to the group, recoiling the rope. A brave group of treasure hunters you are, Chris said, running at the first sight of trouble. Come on, Chris, Willie said. What did you see? Chris said nothing, but laid the rope on the ground and knelt down. He began drawing in the dirt. He drew a straight line, then another line crossing it. Here's the boulevard we're on, he said, pointing to the first line. Here's Straight Street right here. He pointed to the second, then drew a circle at the top. Here's another road up here. The road is round because it goes around. Widow's Peak, Willie said. That's our sombrero. That's what it looked like from up there, Chris said. He stood up. We're going that away, he shouted, pointing down the street. Even Willie was moving fast as they rode east down Straight Street. After about a dozen blocks, they got off and pushed their bikes as they came to a long hill. Finally, they came to the top, and they coasted slowly down the other side. Chris enjoyed the cool air blowing past his face. He just knew they were closer than ever to the treasure. Suddenly, he slammed on his brakes. Whoa! Just in front of him, the street ended at a crossroad. End of the road, amigo, Willie said, huffing and puffing like the others. What now? The black-topped road stopped with a white fence and sign that said, City of Mill Valley, no trespassing. Beyond, the hillside dropped steeply down into a ravine. Chris looked past the sign, then left and right. What does our map say, Maria, he asked. How should I know, she asked. This is your treasure hunt. My treasure hunt, he said. You had the map before. You've had it since I did, Maria said. And who made me the person in charge of carrying the map? But I thought, Chris said. You thought wrong, Maria said. Relax, guys, Willie said. I made a copy of it, just like Mrs. Shue suggested. He reached into his backpack and pulled out a piece of lined paper torn from a notebook. Chris turned to Maria. I'm sorry, sis, he said. It's just that we're so close. I know, Maria said, but is this treasure so important that you have to hurt people to get it? I, he began, then stopped. He took the map that Willie handed him and opened it up. He studied it silently for a minute while everyone else watched him intently. It says here, he finally said, that we're supposed to follow the canyon up to a waterfall. The treasure is found buried beneath a crow. Another crow? Sammy whined. You've heard of X marks the spot, Willie asked. This time, maybe it's crow watching over our treasure. Chris leaned over the fence and looked at the ravine. Where does this go? Does anyone know? It goes up to Black Canyon Dam, Willie said. That's why they have the no trespassing sign up there. They don't want people falling off the dam. They listened for a moment. Sure enough, Chris could hear the sound of rushing water far below. Does this mean we have to go down to the bottom of the ravine, Dee Dee asked. I don't think so, Willie said. Beyond the dam is Black Canyon Reservoir. We can just follow this road to the right here, and it will take us over to the park entrance. It's about half a mile. But it's almost five o'clock, Maria said. Mom will be coming to pick us up at Sammy's house in a few minutes. We can't turn back now, Chris said. Yeah, let's go on, Ryan said. We're almost there. Chris, it's waited a hundred years, Maria said. What's another day or two? But, hey, I've got an idea, Willie said. Black Canyon Park is a great place for picnics. Why don't we ask our parents to have a shoebox kids picnic here this weekend? Hey, yeah, Sammy said. Maria looked at Chris and then at Ryan. Chris shrugged. Sure, why not, Chris said. Yeah, but no telling the adults about the treasure, Ryan said. Mr. and Mrs. Shue already know, Maria said, and so does Mom. Yeah, but nobody else, Ryan said. 
The other shrugged. I don't think you have to worry about them stealing our treasure, Willie said. I just don't want anyone getting to it before me. I mean, us, Ryan said. Right, Chris? Chris looked at Ryan, but said nothing. have heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book one the mysterious treasure map it was written by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955 This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.